This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, thanks to New Zealand On Air. I'm Pastor Dan Yazel, welcoming you to Grace Notes, an outreach of North Taranaki Methodist Parish. I invite you to sit back and relax, grab a cuppa, and listen. May God surprise us and bless us in this moment. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Grace Notes. I'm Pastor Dan Yazel. It's good to be gathered together around the Word today. We'll be hearing two stories from Scripture, one from the Hebrew Scriptures, our Old Testament, one from the New, describing situations, scenarios that are simply beyond words. We'll stand in awe at the mountaintop where Jesus is transfigured. We'll also stand with Elijah and Elisha as one is swept up into heaven. Expressions of faith, stories that are handed to us that don't make sense, but we'll wonder and we'll be in awe together. Thank you for listening this day. I hope we're blessed, you and I, as we look and listen and marvel. Welcome to Grace Notes. I'll read first from the New Testament today. I'll be reading from Luke's Gospel, his telling of the good news, 
and I'll be reading from chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Let's listen, you and I, for this astounding story. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he had said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one anything of the things they had seen. Here ends our first reading. Thanks be to God.
Our first reading this morning was the incredible glimpse of Jesus in his heavenly state. It was the beginning of his road to Jerusalem. Our Hebrew scripture today tells of another incredible event as the prophet Elijah is scooped up into heaven and Elisha begins his role as leader. I'll be reading from 2 Kings, the second chapter, uh, Let's listen, you and I. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they had both been standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please, let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing. And yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they commanded, as they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. He picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the water saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? When he had struck the water, the water was parted from one side to the other and Elisha went over. Here ends our reading. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God of mystery and awe, God of grace and wonder, we gather around your living, loving word today. Stir us, surprise us, amaze us, and astound us with the good news of grace that you'd have us embrace today. Amen. It's kind of an odd question, but... What do you say when you don't know 
what to say. Long ago in a Disney movie, Mary Poppins, there was a kind of silly, funny answer. Well, what do you say? You say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. The father in this story, Mary Poppins, found himself using that word as the only way he could respond to having his whole life, his whole world turned upside down when he had lost his job and it seemed like he had lost everything else. While saying the word made him feel better, it really didn't make anything better. It just confused those who were around him. It's fun to say, but really no one knows what it means. And I think that there are these extraordinary times that happen in our lives. There are these moments when we work so hard, we try desperately to find words to capture an experience, and there's just no way to do it. We probably should just let the expression on our face say it all or convey to others. Have you ever been to a wonderful concert or had a fantastic meal or met the perfect someone and then you try to tell somebody else about it and they just don't understand? You might go on and on and on and, and you can just tell that the person you're talking to, they don't get it or they're not nearly as excited as you are about the experience, and, and no matter what you say, maybe the best you'll get is just a kind nod or a smile at you that says, that's nice, or I'm glad that you had such a good time, and then things move along. As humans living in community, we must communicate with one another. There are plenty of times for words, and in this information age, People want to be able to know things. They want to know everything about anything right there on the spot. We can pull out our phone and, and learn, uh, ask a question and get an answer. On the Internet, we can put in a request, and then you can spend the next four days visiting websites about any topic under the sun. A whole doctoral thesis could be written without ever leaving a computer terminal. We are so used to having tons and tons of words at our disposal. Now, having words at our disposal doesn't mean that we can always describe or convey to others what it is that is happening in our hearts or within our souls. There are times in life Mostly these are when big changes in life come, where we find that there aren't adequate words to fully express the moment or to even capture it. These transition moments happen when either there's joy or there's pain beyond what we ordinarily experience in our day-to-day -day lives. It may be the kind of thing that we've never felt in our life before, and we don't even know how to describe it. The joy that comes when you hear you're going to be a parent for the first time. Or the excitement of being offered your first job that feels like this one could be a career. Or what do you say when a five-year-old has to say goodbye to their best friend, moving away to another place far, far away? Or, or 
what does one say out loud to describe the sorrow of losing a parent to death? Or the shock of hearing that there's cancer inside your body and it's gone beyond medical help? What do you say? What words will do? There are times when it may feel like words only fail us. They cannot and do not plumb the depth of feeling that's behind them, yet they're all that we have. That's all that can come out. Both of our texts today contain these huge changes. They are about passing on a vision through changing times. In each of these texts, we see faithful people struggling to find words to describe what's happening in the midst of these critical, pivotal, life-changing moments. God is very real and very active, and there's no way to capture it with words. In both of these texts, we see one generation preparing the next generation to carry on the life of faith. They are goodbye moments, signifying endings and beginnings. The experience itself is the only way to glimpse the meaning of the event. Those who weren't there cannot even come close to understanding what it could have been like. But even with the meagerness of words, we're still moved by these stories as we hear them. In a scene that is truly beyond compare in all of the Old Testament, Elijah is swept up into heaven, not even taking the time to die first. A fiery chariot just comes down and picks him up. Elijah has been told by God that Elisha would succeed him as prophet for Israel. They had spent lots of time together. And now it was down to one last day. What do you say? What do you say on that last day? Everywhere they went, people kept saying to Elisha, you know, you know this is the day that Elijah's going to die, don't you? Yes, they both knew. Elijah wanted Elisha to let him wander his last few hours alone, and yet Elisha would not. His actions spoke louder than words as he said, I want to be with you. I'm going to stay with you. Wherever you go, I'll go. I'll, I'll walk with you. So they traveled together from place to place. Perhaps a few words were shared. We hear of one exchange where a few well-chosen words pack a lot of meaning. What do you want most? What are you hoping for? Asks Elijah. A double share of that same spirit, that thing that fills you, that's what I want, replies the young Elisha. The younger one had seen the difference in the older one's life. I want that same thing, that, that force, that love, that spirit that you have. I want some of that too. I want double scoops. Elijah promises him that if he sees him go, if he's there, he will have it. He'll have his desire. If he sees the sign. It's not if you hear the words. It's not. It's if you are there. If you see me taken, if you see me go, the Spirit will remain with you. And you will know from the experience itself that this has happened. And it happens the experience comes. It's dramatic and it's real and it's beyond description. 
he sees his friend and his mentor enter heaven. He knows his own life is forever changed. Now he will wear the mantle of leadership that he has literally, it's been dropped from the sky to him. He walks over to pick it up. Here too, it's the actions above words that speak volumes about what's happening. He puts it on and he walks toward his new calling, the leadership role he would assume. He tried to use words, Father, the chariots, I see them. All that does is to confirm what's happening. Words fail at this point. And briefly from the New Testament, Jesus is beginning to prepare the disciples to carry on after he's gone. He knows that Jerusalem is before him. He knows that soon things will change radically. And the disciples on the mountaintop, they were part of an experience that they would carry with them for the rest of their lives. It was a gift from God to see for a brief moment Jesus in his full glory as Christ. They wouldn't know what it meant until after the resurrection. The story is told from the perspective of the disciples. They didn't get what was going on. They did not know what to say or to do. The experience that Peter and the others had is hard to make sense of. It doesn't make sense. They saw Jesus in a totally different way. They got a peek at what heaven looks like. They knew that much, but they didn't know what to say. They were, they were afraid, too afraid to say anything for quite some time. Peter tries to say something, and good old Peter manages to stick his foot in his mouth by saying they should build tents, booths up there, stay there forever. Let's make a monument to this event. Jesus says, no, you don't get it yet. But they did remember what happened, and they knew it was special. I think there are so many young people today who are just now coming to discover a sense of spirituality in their lives, and who may look at their parents and their grandparents for help trying to describe the spiritual things and the questions in their lives. They long for help in making sense of what is happening to them, and they're looking for words to get a handle on their experience so they might turn to their elders and, and ask, how do you describe these things? They may also say out loud or perhaps just think it, I wish I had as much faith as they do. Their faith seems to have made a difference in their lives, parents, grandparents, every one of us who has a friend or a relative who looks up to us can share our faith, our conviction that God is with us at all times. We can help pass that on, the awareness of this wonderful, mysterious presence of God. We might not know what to say, but even in trying, the impression is made, and that makes a real difference. I think particularly of those who've lived seven, eight, nine decades of life have marvelous insights to offer. Elisha was so impressed with the faith of his mentor that he wished for this double portion of the conviction that Elijah had. 
those who have seen a good deal of life, have a perspective that which proved durable and valuable, and gently laying aside that which wasn't helpful. Older people have got wisdom and they've figured things out. They've been through some of life's ups and downs and know God's unfailing presence. And they do have a gift that may not be easily articulated, but it is remembered and it can be shared, making that heritage available for whatever use the future generations may have for it. That's a gift. It's a gift that will last. May we be willing to share what we have seen with our eyes, with those who will follow us, however we have seen or felt God in our lives. Let us share it with others using words that might not do the full job, but also may we use actions that will speak louder than words. May it be so for you and for me, now and always. God be with you till we meet again. Amen. So that's all for today. I hope you've caught a glimpse of grace through this time. You're invited to join us for worship and fellowship Sundays at 10 a.m. at New Plymouth Methodist Church, the corner of Liardet and Powderham Street. Until next week, God's grace and peace be with you. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to www.accessradiotaranaki.com.